Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga Athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. We continue our celebration of Black History Month. This week, we visit with Herbert Book McCray. McCray was a part of Chattanooga's glory days as a Division II powerhouse in basketball, playing for a national title in 1976 and winning it all in 1977. McCray came to Chattanooga as part of the first all-African-American recruiting class at UTC. We sat down with a Louisville native for a wide-ranging conversation. So where did the nickname Book come from? Oh, it was an old adolescent uh, uh, name that um, was short for bookworm. I was about 14, maybe 15. And uh, the thing that we used to like to do in Louisville was hang out at the parks, play ball, swim, just hang out. That was our, that was our go-to uh, activity during, during the course of the fall and summer, spring. And uh, all of the guys, the things that we used to really love to do was antagonize each other. And, uh, and so the name of the game was get your dibs in first. And one day my mother sent me to go get um, a brand new pair of glasses and uh, went and got my glasses. And first place I went to after uh, uh, leaving the optometrist was going to the park to hang out with my guys. Well, one of the one of the guys, uh, when he saw me walking up on the group, said, oh, Lord, here comes this old bookworm-looking guy. And uh, and everybody thought that was so funny that he called me bookworm. And they everybody dug in and uh, just gave me fits about it. And uh, so the more they saw that I disliked that, the more everyone just, just, just ragged me and ragged me and ragged me. Bookworm, bookworm this, bookworm that. And it was just something that just just really stuck. And it didn't hurt, or it didn't help that I was transitioning to my high school and all the new students, all my new friends picked up on it. And so I eventually just, you know, stopped trying to fight the fight and just went, went with it. And so it's short for bookworm. It's nothing to do with academics at all. <laughs> uh, were you serious about academics back then? Uh, back then, I was not. Yeah. Uh, back then, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the funniest things um, uh, that, that happened during the course of my, it was my senior year, and I think we were in Springfield uh, playing for the uh, championship, and I was being interviewed by one of the local newspapers up there. They asked just what did you, uh, what just, just, just what you asked, the same question where did the nickname bookworm come from? And I just gave a little quick quip that, oh, I have a three point, such such a great point average. And when word got back to Shoemate, Shoemate said, what? You must've been talking about his rebounding average. <laughs> so uh, no, no, uh, during the, uh, the heyday of my playing career, uh, unfortunately was not as serious about academics, didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel on just what a college education could, uh, uh, could do for me uh, and didn't take it seriously and didn't quite go to class as much as I could have and should have. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, we got it together and came back and got a, got a degree in elementary education, uh, worked in Hamilton County School System for 
close to 30 years and uh, as a classroom teacher, coach, uh, principal, uh, and, and, and uh, spring forward to uh, what I do now, which is uh, I, I run a youth ministry called Boys to Men. We focus on mentoring young men, uh, helping them walk that pathway to manhood. So uh, God helps us get things together, even though we may not have things together in our youth. You came to Chattanooga from Louisville. You came here to go to school and play basketball, and you never left. What was it about Chattanooga, or what is it about Chattanooga that, that has kept you here all these years? <laughs> i tell you, one of the first things I noticed about Chattanooga was right about this time of the year, when, when I don't remember if it was my freshman, sophomore, junior, or even senior year, uh, it was deep February, and we were on campus. The sun was shining bright. It was about a 60-degree day. Uh, it was just absolutely beautiful. Well, they I never would have got one of those kinds of days back in Louisville. And so I just really fell in love with the, with, with the climate here. I uh, fell in love with the people. Uh, the people of Chattanooga have always treated me and uh, uh, my fellow Louisvillians uh, who came to play basketball for, for UTC very, very well, uh, very friendly. Uh, um, and, and, and so it, it, it was a friendly city. Uh, it was, uh, there were a lot of uh, opportunities uh, once I, I, I graduated and, uh, and it didn't help hurt that I met a young lady here in uh, Chattanooga and we became uh, uh, husband and wife. I've been, I'm going into my 36th year of, of marriage. It'll be 37 years in June. So uh, put all those things together, and that's the answer to your question. That's what kept me in, has kept me in Chattanooga all these years. We've talked about this before, back when, when you were on um, with us, one of the first podcasts that, that we did, you were a part of. And, and I know you talked a lot about growing up in Louisville and, and what it was like playing basketball, that was truly one of the hotbeds in, in of basketball in the Southeast. And, and you made the, the reference there to yourself and your teammates that came from Louisville. What was the pipeline from Louisville to Chattanooga? Because there was, there was a core group of you guys that came from that area in Kentucky. Well, the main cog there was Ralph Underhill. Uh, uh, Coach Underhill coached in uh, Louisville, coached against all of us uh, our junior year. Uh, our senior year, he was already here in uh, Chattanooga. Uh, Kevin Gray had signed with uh, UTC and was having a phenomenal freshman year, um, uh, our, our senior year in high school. And so, Ralph Underhill was the pipeline. Uh, he was a master recruiter before the likes of a Calipari, Calipari or uh, 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 Coach K and all those uh, coaches that you talk of here in the 21st century. Uh, I can remember uh, Coach Underhill even talking about going after Moses Malone and how disappointed he was that Moses Malone decided to turn pro rather than even entertain UTC or any other college for that matter. But, um, uh, and then Kevin Gray, 
you know, we all knew Kevin Gray. Kevin Gray, that park that I mentioned earlier, uh, Kevin Gray was one of those uh, uh, friends of mine that we all, that was our hangout. And uh, so we were, uh, we didn't live in like next door to each other, but we lived in close proximity. And so he, he, you know, he being the familiar uh, uh, piece to the puzzle of Chattanooga and how well uh, he spoke of his experience and what we witnessed about his experience. And then the style of basketball that uh, uh, Coach Shoemate and Coach Underhill coached fit right in with the way uh, we played in Louisville. Fast break, pressing, um, uh, 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 just, just, just a, a, a fast-paced uh, style of play fit all of our games. You know, Wayne Golden and I played together at, in high school, um, and Coach Shoemate and Coach Underhill were after Wayne. That I was never on their rain, radar to begin with. Uh, Coach Underhill and Coach Shoemate were after Wayne and another young man named Ronnie Daniel. But when they came to uh, a, 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 to watch a game uh, of Wayne and Ronnie playing, uh, Shoemate really liked the way I rebounded the ball. And he offered me a scholarship uh, uh, that night at the game. He said, if you'd like to come to Chattanooga, we, we got a spot for you. So uh, that's a part of, uh, uh, as you would say, the rest is history. So you and Wayne Golden were high school teammates then? That's correct, yes. Now, what about William Gordon? Was he from Kentucky also? He was from Kentucky, Louisville, uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, same city as ours. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think a, a little-known story about uh, William Gordon, Gigi, uh, is that G was a high school All-American when we were sophomores in high school. He had already won two state championships uh, as a junior and as a senior. Uh, I think he had signed to play for Drake, uh, some some college in the Midwest, and just didn't quite work out for him. He, he, he didn't stay, uh, never dotted the practice floor or anything like that. And, uh, and so he came back home and he started playing for a little business college called Sullivan Business College. They had no affiliation with the NCAA. So the NCAA did not recognize uh, uh, their schedule or their, even their program. And when Underhill, being the master recruiter that he is, got wind of that, he went after uh, Gigi like a junkyard dog and, and, and signed him brought him to uh, UTC with us as freshmen, but G would have been a junior in college had, had the NCAA recognized his play at Sullivan Business College. Hmm. How good were you guys in high school? I mean, a team with you and Wayne on it had to have been, you guys had to be pretty good back then, right? Well, we, we, we were state champions um, uh, in 1973. Uh, our arch rival in, um, at, at that time was a school called Mail, Mail High School. Um, they had a high school All-American called named Wesley Cox. Uh, he was he played the same position I played, uh, and, and that was one of the uh, 
big as big as uh, uh, matchups that 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 always occurred when our school Shawnee High School played Mail. Then, of course, there was Central High School where Daryl Yarbrough and uh, people like Bob Miller and Ron King, Otto Petty, they played there. Uh, so Louisville, as you said earlier, was a hotbed of uh, of basketball. All the coaches coached the same. Fast break, press from beginning of uh, the game to the end of the game. Um, uh, trap, uh, different, you know, mixing up the defenses and that sort of thing. Um, so, um, uh, and, and then the dirt bowl. The dirt bowl was where all of us, if you were worth any, if you were a basketball player worth anything in, in, in Louisville, you had to have had some sort of reputation at the Louisville Dirt Bowl. Uh, uh, and so we all, you know, we all cut our teeth on that, uh, playing in the Dirt Bowl in the summers and then coming back to school and playing uh, for our school, respective schools. Uh, 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 so we basically, as children do now, play year round, uh, but most of our play was outdoors. There were five of you guys that came to UTC together. There was you, there was Wayne Golden, Gary Stitch was a part of that group, uh, William Gordon and Cornell Starks. Am I right about that? That, that is correct. That is correct. Yes. You know, they, they used to call us and you may be, you know, you know, I mean, you may get to this later. They used to call us the university of Tennessee at Chattanooga at Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, 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 uh, you know, uh, Louisville, uh, it, 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 I mean, you had people like, you know, Daryl Griffith who came, who was, who was behind us a little bit. You had uh, uh, George Tinsley. You had D Dallas Thornton, who played for the Globetrotters. You had uh, 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 Flanoil Crook, Darrell Yarbrough, uh, Wesley Cox, uh, uh, the Bunton brothers, Stanley, Beal, Granville. Uh, you know, I could name players all day long. Then you had the Kentucky Colonels. Uh, that was our, our local, our, our city professional basketball team that uh, uh, we were able to see on a regular basis with Artis Gilmore, Louis Dampier, uh, 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 Goose Ligon, uh, and then the big rivalry they had with the Indiana Pacers. So it was, basketball was always going on in Louisville. The five of you guys that came in together, what was that bond like? Because you guys had a lot of success on the basketball floor from 1974 till 1977. What, what was the bond that was forged between the five of you guys like? It was a brotherhood bond. There was, you know, we were very, very, very close. Uh, you know, fraternity life is, is big on college campuses, as you well know. Uh, we never saw a need. We never even, you know, even though there were times fraternity brothers would approach uh, us and and and, and sort of in, and invite us to become a part of a particular fraternity, but we never saw a need to join a fraternity because we were uh, uh, close knit. We uh, were brothers, 
basketball brothers. We 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 called ourselves then. We call ourselves mock brothers now. Um, and and so you know we were all for one and one for all. Um, uh, sometimes when Shoemate would, we thought Shoemate got a little too harsh on us. We'd bond together and we'd confront him, or we'd uh, come together and we we uh, we would contest um, you know rules or regulations that we didn't think were fair uh, uh, as as basketball brothers. And uh, sometimes there'd be some 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 other athletes from other sports with us, the football players and that sort of thing. But uh, we were very close in it, beginning at the stadium dorm uh, 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 on Vine Street, uh, and um, and then moving over into the uh, the very the new dormitories, the, what we call them, the village. I think they they're called something else now. There's an official name for it, but we called it the village. And so um, uh, uh, very close. Stitch would pile us all up in his. Uh, car and we, you know, that was our ride back to Louisville. Uh, uh, in his in in his car, he'd pick us all back up in our various neighborhoods, and we come back together. We did that on a regular basis, and so we were very close, very close. How important do you think it was the fact that you guys all kind of came from a winning environment at the high school level, and because look. Prior to you guys coming, no UTC team had ever won 20 games in a season. 1974, as freshmen, you guys won 21 games. How do you feel like the success you guys had at the high school level impacted the way you played at UTC? Well, the impacted from one, one standpoint is that, you know, we all had uh, uh, the mindset that we were winners. Uh, we, you know, we knew how to turn it on uh, when it needed to be turned on. We knew how to uh, uh, embrace the ebb and flow of of a game. Uh, we, you know, we had this thing in Louisville where, you know, you, you, there's a certain button you push when you look over and see that your opponent has bent over and is grabbing the bottom of his shorts and trying to catch their breath. Then you know then to kick it into high gear. That was an unstated, unsaid uh, maneuver from every uh, basketball player that came out of Louisville. And I'm sure it was, you know, that it it it, it went on in other uh, environments as well. But we knew that uh, without even having to be told, okay, hey, hey, Wayne, you see that guy over there? He, he's out of gas, man. Let's turn it up a notch. Let's turn it up a notch. And so, uh, and we were all winners at a particular level, you know, even though Shawnee went to the state championship and won the state championship, uh, 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 Gary and his team, uh, you know, they went all the way to, uh, I think the, the seventh region. And unfortunately, Mail was in the same region as Gary's, uh, uh, region. And, uh, and Mail was always the top dog in the seventh region. We played in the sixth region. And um, uh, so uh, coming out of, of, of Louisville and uh, being winners at our own uh, respective schools helped us at UTC. It was really, it, to be honest, no disrespect, it, it really 
it, it, the, the only difference, the biggest difference I, I noticed when I started playing for UTC was that we played 20-minute halves rather than four quarters, eight-minute quarters. That was a big eye-opener for me. The, the crowds at McClellan Gym have gotten to be legendary. Was that something that was immediate? I mean, did you notice it right when you got here that, that wow, this, this atmosphere is really something? Or was that something that you guys kind of developed back then in the, in the mid-70s? No, that was immediate. I mean, that was immediate. That was one of the first times I ever heard of the crowd being referenced to the, being the sixth man. Uh, uh, you know, there were times when certain uh, teams would uh, come to town and the, the gym would be full. The gym was always full, but, uh, you know, if Tennessee State came to town, uh, uh, people would be hanging out off the rafters. Uh, the crowd would be uh, so much louder than it would ordinarily be, uh, the, the, particularly the group that sat behind the visiting team. <laughs> Uh, uh, and so the, the, the crowd really came together to antagonize the other team and their supporters, uh, uh, came together to root us on. Um, uh, so that went on from day one, day, day one, uh, of our freshman year. 1976, we'll get to the game that the division two national championship game that you guys won in a second. Let's talk about the one that you didn't win in 76. First off, anything about that season as a whole that stands out to you other than reaching a, a national championship game? No, no, it was a pretty, um, pedestrian season. Uh, you know, we, we, began the season with the mindset that we were going to win the championship. We made it to the championship. Uh, we entered that game thinking that we were going to uh, win that game, uh, you know, based on the fact that we depended on our press. Uh, we had the shooters. We had the rebounders, even though Puget Sound, you know, was exceptionally uh, tall and they were exceptionally prepared for uh, the things that, that, that caused us to be as successful as, as we were, and that was the press and our fast break. Um, they just, you know, they, I, I don't think they started a, a person under six, seven. And then they had some guy that was like six, 11, seven foot. They just threw the ball over top of the press and, uh, uh, and, and, and then just quickly got back and kept us from, uh, fast breaking the way that we normally would. But, uh, no, we, we, there was nothing uh, that happened during that season that, that we didn't really expect other than losing that championship game. And boy, did that leave a sour taste in our mouth over, during the course of uh, the next year, waiting on the uh, 1977 season. Where was the game against Puget Sound? Where was that? They're, they're in Washington State. Where was that game played? Evansville, Evansville, Indiana. And then the next year you go back and you go to Springfield, right? <laughs> yes. What a contrast. Yes. Uh, what was, first off, what was the road trip like? What was the travel like back then in 1977 going to Springfield, Massachusetts 
to play for a national championship? Well, we, we flew, we flew and, and, uh, uh, we had the, the team just a, a day or two prior to the, uh, our fans, uh, arriving, we flew in perfect weather. Uh, there was, there, there was, uh, you know, no precipitation, no, uh, uh, rain or anything like that. Uh, and so we had a fairly, uh, nice flight to, uh, 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 Springfield. Uh, now when we got there, uh, it's, it, it, it had snowed, uh, like right when we got there and snow was all over the place. And so it made for really treacherous travel for our spectators the next day when they flew either the day before the game or the day of. And, uh, and, and, and I'm, I, I've been told that there was some really tense moments on, on the flight. Uh, uh, the hotel where we stayed, it was luckily, uh, it had a lot of accommodations where we didn't have to leave the hotel for much of anything because there was nothing going on out in the city. The city was just shut down because of the snow. Um, but um, uh, as I said, coming back, uh, returning to Chattanooga after the championship uh, uh, run, uh, we came back to, again, perfect weather in Chattanooga. No wonder you didn't want to leave after that, right? No, no, sir. No. You are, you've got to be one of the few, uh, you and, uh, and Tom Losh, but there's not a lot of guys that can say they were once a student athlete and got the opportunity to come back and deliver a commencement address. What was that moment like back in 2018 when you had the chance to stand up and in front of a graduating class at UTC? Well, it was surreal. It was surreal as, you know, going back to what I alluded to earlier in that, uh, uh, I, I not having taken my studies seriously during my, uh, playing days, um, and, um, uh, and, and being able to be asked and, 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 and I humbly accepted, uh, to deliver, uh, the commencement for the graduate, uh, students. Uh, it was very humbling. Uh, it was very surreal. It was something that uh, I wish my, my mom uh, had an opportunity to see and be a part of. And, um, and, and it is just something that, you know, it, it made me proud from the standpoint of knowing that, uh, looking at it through the lens of from whence I, I've come. First generation college student, I uh, had no idea that I would even attend college until uh, uh, my, my high school coach pulled me in the office one day and said that uh, we're looking at uh, uh, you going to this college, that college, or whatever college. And, uh, and so that's when it really started hitting home that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going to college here because uh, it was not something that uh, was talked about much uh, uh, in, in our family. It was just not on our family's radar. And so uh, being being asked to deliver that commencement speech was very humbling. And uh, it was something that I'll remember to the day I die. 
There's a legacy of Book McRae on the basketball court at UTC. There is another legacy that you leave, as you have mentioned, with the work that you have done, not just as an educator, but the work that you have done since you left education, uh, or at least left the school system anyway. Can you go into a little bit about the basketball league that you started and and tell us tell us more about uh, boys to men and, and the mentoring that you're doing now. Gladly, gladly. Um, in 1992, um, Wayne Golden, Daryl Yarbrough, and myself, we uh, founded what was called the Chattanooga Basketball Foundation. And 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 honestly, uh, you know, the, the main objective. The main goal was to create as many uh, winning basketball teams as we possibly could, uh, play as many AAU tournaments as we possibly could, and uh, and and create uh, some some strong basketball players. Uh, and so that was twenty. Well, we're going into our 29th year, and uh, and. and and so that was what the original objective was. But we always had this caveat of we would take time away from our two-hour practice. We'd spend 15, 20, 30 minutes of our practice talking to our young men about uh, life skills. We called them chalk talks back then. Um, you know, what it meant to be a, a, a good student, uh, what it meant to... Uh, uh, have a vision of excellence after high school graduation, the importance of graduating, the dangers of drug uh, use, uh, getting along with your your peer, all those things that uh, our young men needed to uh, know, uh, tools to put in their toolkit uh, as they are headed towards manhood. Well, over the course of the years, uh, uh, you know, with, with the advent of many other AAU programs, and there are many young, young men and young ladies who are running AAU programs that are doing a phenomenal job uh, with our, our, our young student athletes. We have backed off of, we been, and we changed names, Chattanooga Basketball Foundation to the Independent Youth Surf Sports Foundation to the Independent Youth Services Foundation. Uh, and then uh, now we've settled on the uh, in, uh, Boys to Men, a male mentoring model. We exclusively are a male mentoring uh, uh, ministry uh, that works with young men and their families, focusing on number one, having a good, strong relationship with God Almighty. And uh, number two, uh, 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 focusing on graduating from high school and having a plan for life after high school. I'll, I'll take a few. Let me just take a moment at this time. Go ahead. Uh, this this year, this past uh, uh, December, Boys to Men was uh, able to provide one of our uh, participants with the very first boys to men college scholarship. Now, to me, that's important. Uh, as a young man and all of our young men, we hang our hat on developmental relationships. 
And this young man had been in the program since uh, he was in fifth grade. Uh, he graduated from high school in December, had enough credits, didn't need to hang around until May. Um, uh, he had earned a, a college scholarship to uh, University of North Carolina, Charlotte on a football scholarship. And, uh, and so he epitomized his family uh, and this young man epitomized our mission statement, which is uh, we uh, seek to uh, partner with and engage families and the community in the positive development of our young men towards high school graduation and crafting a plan for life after high school, a positive post-secondary plan. And so uh, uh, with that uh, being said, and with this young man, you know, having endured our, our ministry for uh, eight years, um, uh, we were blessed to uh, award him the very first Boys to Men scholarship. And, and we, speak in, we speak in terms of not if you graduate or, or if things come together and you graduate, we talk about when you graduate. You know, we ask them point blank as middle school students, what is it that you're planning to do with your life after um, a high school graduation? And if they are speaking in terms of, well, I want to go in this direction as a college student, or I want to go in this direction as a, uh, a, a trade school, or this direction as a uh, armed forces person, then we start uh, having conversations with them and their parents on how boys to men can best support what it is they're planning to do. It's awfully important when you're talking about a lot of guys that age, just to know there's somebody there that believes in them and their ability and they can rise above whatever their surroundings may be. It's awfully important for those kids, isn't it? It's very important. Very important. You know, I've been, I've been there as a middle school, high school, adolescent uh, young man and, uh, Sometimes some, some of the uh, things that my parents are uh, uh, uncles and aunts, because we were, <clears throat> our family, the, our uncle, uncles and aunts were very involved in, in helping raise, you know, my, my, myself and my brothers and sisters. But sometimes there were times when they would say things to us or give us advice and it'd go in one ear and out the other. And we'd say, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, mama. Okay, dad. Yeah. But you're right, having that uh, person who is um, uh, not a relative, not your mom, not your dad or somebody to be able to say sometimes the same thing. Uh, uh, you tend to lean that ear in a little closer, listen a little more intently and be a little more willing to uh, uh, follow that person's advice than it would be your than you would your, 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 your family's advice. So yes, it's very, very important. And we're all singing out of the same song, but uh, uh, we're not telling our young men anything different than their parents are telling them, but sometimes it helps to hear it from someone who's not uh, quote unquote, mom, dad, or, or, or an authority figure in the house. How many young men do you have in your program? Right now we're clicking at 58. 
the youngest being uh, seven, the oldest being uh, 17. Book, it's always a pleasure anytime we get a chance to talk and uh, love your stories and 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 hearing uh, you get a chance to reminisce about uh, those times in, in McClellan Gym and Chattanooga basketball as a Division II powerhouse. So appreciate it. Great to visit, and I'm sure we'll do this again real soon. Thank you so much. Glad talking with you. Thanks to Book for being with us this week. Thanks to you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Mox on the mic for our producer, Tate Johnson. I'm Chris Goforth saying so long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.